Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 56. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Do you love vintage cars? Then go to CarsYeah.com and get a free copy of the fantastic Filler Up book. It's a full-color ebook filled with fuel filler fun with over 60 color photographs of vintage cars plus inspirational quotes from some of the most famous automotive enthusiasts of all time. Simply go to CarsYeah.com, click on the free book button on the homepage, and download your Filler Up book today. It's free at CarsYeah.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. Today, I'm extremely excited to introduce my special guest, Don Byers. Don, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Yes, I am. All right. It's great to have you here. Don Byers is the owner of Full Throttle Panteras in Lake Elsinore, California. He started working on Panteras in his dad's driveway way back in 1983. In 1998, he founded Precision Performance in Brea, California, that provided full-service parts and service. In 2010, he moved to Lake Elsinore, and Full Throttle Panteras was born. Over the past 30 years, Don has rebuilt and restored hundreds of De Tommaso Panteras, earning a reputation for his unwavering attention to detail and his full-throttle commitment to Pantera perfection. Don's absolute and unequaled knowledge of the De Tommaso Pantera has won his clients many coveted and prestigious awards, including trophies at the Concorso Italiano in Monterey, California. So, Don, I've told our listeners a little bit about you. Would you take some time and share some more about your history, your business, your interests, and, of course, your passion for automobiles and Panteras? It all started out, I, I was brought up in Lakewood, and, and in Lakewood there was a like a Mercury dealership that was right down the street from us. So, you know, me being graduating in 1972 and the Pan coming out in 71, you know, I had my driver's license and stuff. And then, and I would see the Pan going up and down Lakewood Boulevard where we live. And I was very intrigued by them. And then one of the people that was my neighbors was Gary Hall. And then Gary Hall had purchased all the rights for all the parts from Strop Automotive. And boom, there Gary is the Pantera guy, and he lives the next block over. So seeing Gary and knowing Gary and going to school with his daughters and all that stuff, you know, I got rides in the car. And then within probably 10 to 12 months from then, my brother had purchased a Pantera from Gary in 1972, which my dad was partnered with them on. And that's when the hook was set. I mean, from then on, I had a passion for that car. It was just in our family. I was young, you know, driving it at 16 years old. I mean, I had the hook was set. I just, I, it went on from there. Well, it's, uh, it is so cool that you found a car that you fell in love with and the guy down the street ends up being the guy with all the cars. I mean, how, how lucky can you get? And I'm guessing you were hanging out at his house and at first he thought probably because of his daughters, but no, it's because of his cars. That's pretty cool. Exactly. And we would go dirt bike riding. We, we didn't, you know, the, the, my parents were friends, friends with him. So, you know, from, from us from school and all that stuff. So, you know, oh, yeah. I, I was around it all the time. 
Well, what was it about the Pantera that caught your eye? You know, there's such a unique car with the Italian styling, but the U.S. power plant. What was it that really got you about the Pantera? Well, in the early years, you know, we did a lot of involved in drag racing and stuff like that, and flat bottom boats and cracker boxes. So speed was speed was in the blood through the family. My dad was a fireman, so we, you know, a lot of the firemen had a really nice products to bring out and stuff like that. So that kind of just got me intrigued on on doing the Panthers. And then I was I've always been a Ford guy. I always my whole life been a Ford guy, and, and it was something about the Italian car with the Ford motor, you know, and it was easy to work on. You could look at it and go, wow, I know all about that motor right there. So it, it, that was, I think that was the turning point for me, just because it was a Ford and American and Italian. And I mean, it was everything loud. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you a quick side note. I had a neighbor a few blocks down where I lived. I grew up in Southern California like you did. And this gentleman had a Pantera, but he also had a De Tomaso Mangusta. Correct. You get those two cars side by side, they're like brother and sister in some way, or brother and brother, depending on the way you look at a vehicle. But I, too, was always enamored by that car. And then when I discovered that it had a Ford power plant, I was like, what? Oh, my gosh. Who came up with this idea? So That's exactly it. Yeah, very, very, very special. (laughs) Yeah, the, the... the elegance and beauty of the Italian styling and the performance and the reliability of the American power plant was just fantastic. Right. As we continue on your journey, I like to start with a success quote, a saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. It's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. So, Don, take the wheel. Good work is never cheap, and cheap work is never good. <laughs> and I think that's a great quote. And I, I kind of guess where this is going to go, but could you share with us how have you incorporated that quote into your business and into your life and your passion for cars? Well, I'm not very good at cutting corners, so that's kind of where it comes from, you know. And and people, you know, can't you just do that faster? And I was like, well, <laughs> you you know, you can do it right. You can do it right the first time, or you can do it again and do it right. You know, do it right on the second time. Yeah. You, know, you want to do it, so. Right. Yeah, it's easier to do it right the first time and then just be done with it. No stone unturned. Sure, sure. Well, in restoring vehicles, maybe you can share uh, some examples of that because there's so many opportunities to get things right and so many opportunities to get things wrong. So as you go through the process of restoring a car and say a customer wants you to cut corners or speed it up or hurry it up, what are some of the steps you take in your business and your communication with customers to make sure that it is done right the first time. Um, well, I, I, for 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 one, I'm very hard to push that way. I I, I usually just stick to my guns, and, and I usually, you know, it goes the way I want it to go. But you know, I always try to focus on doing the best job, which you know might cost more, but after all, you know, my name goes on it. It's on all the cars, and it does reflect on my work. So sure. You know, so. Well, that's if you focus on what you're doing and do the best job you can, and then you know here you here you are today. You're at the top of your field of what you do. There you go. I, you may have already answered this question, but maybe you can tell us a little bit more in depth a story about that moment in your life. The instigation for your passion for cars really hit you. Tell us that moment when you knew you were a car guy. Well, my dad was again. My dad was a fireman. And then, you know, the firemen's had a lot of interesting hobbies. And I was five years old, and uh, one of the firemen had a top-field dragster. My dad was on the team. His name was Kenny Ellis, 
and he built uh, dragster bodies and the sheet metal and stuff for dragster, plus had his own dragster. It was a three-wheel dragster, one of one of the only kind, you know, that's kind. It had one wheel up front, two in the back, and we had counterweights up front and stuff. And we ran at Lions Drag Strip, and we just, you know, it was just a, a, a we didn't run national events all over the place. We ran at Lions Drag Strip. I was only five years old. I was the chrome cleaner, but it was being in the push car, push starting the dragster and all that stuff. It was like, man, I was smell of nitro and the burnouts and all that stuff. It, it, it was game on five years old. Five years old, and you were in the push car. Five years old, yeah. In the push my car. Was, he was eight. Oh, my gosh. We were doing motors, cleaning the motors, working on parts. You know, I was polishing chrome and, you know, check the tires and move this and change, get the oil. You know, I was just the little gopher boy. Yeah, you know, yeah. Five years old. Had the, had the nitro that, running for your veins. Got, that's where the whole car thing got set up was back then, way, way back. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. When I was a kid, we, my dad used to take me up to the drag strips in Orange County. Right there off the freeway, that drag strip that's yeah. now a bunch of houses. But uh, I remember going to those events and the night lights. And uh, in fact, I saw Evil Knievel jump a bunch of school buses there. And even, even my dad, growing up, my dad, you know, the likes of who my dad hung around. He hung around with Wally Parks, Katie Park, the turbo guy. I can't even think of his name right now. But he had he had all these these friends, and they were really big into the racing and all that stuff. And they used to he used to run out of down Mirage. He had and he had a thirty two coupe. He used to run out there and kind of car things have been in my life. It's been in my life my whole life. Yeah, through my dad, through my brother, grandparents, everything, everybody. You know, uh, cars, cars, cars. That's great, Don. What I want to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and, and really crawl under the hood and get our hands a little dirty. Would you share with our listeners a huge challenge or even a great failure that you faced in your business that really pushed you to a breaking point? More importantly, share with us how you overcame that situation and what you learned from it. I, I worked at other pantry shops for, you know, off and on, well, continuously, but two pantry shops for 15 years. And it just could never seem to get to do a car the way that I thought the car should be done. And it was always, you know, doing the things the way they wanted to do it. A lot of times I knew it was wrong, but, you know, you were forced to do it. And then finally, in, in 1998, I was going through a divorce, and I was I was looking for change. I had three kids, didn't have much money, and then, you know, that, I'm going to change. I'm going to start my own thing. I'm going to do things my way. And then it just kind of evolved from there. Yeah. You're not knowing anything about business or anything like that. Just kind of fumbled my way through it and tried to figure it out. Well, it's a reoccurring theme I've heard from several guests here on Cars, yeah, that they worked places that just weren't doing things the way they thought they should be done. And they decided to go out and start their own business and do it the way they thought was the right way to do it. And it turned out to be successful. And it sounds like you had the same thing happen to you. So kudos to you for for taking that daring step during a very traumatic time in your life, going through a divorce and and questioning, what am I going to do with my life? And, And you went out and did it. And that's what Cars Yeah is all about. The entrepreneurial spirit took over and you just went for it and you did it. So that's great. Don, let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum and share a story when you had a real aha moment with your business, a time when you realized that, you know what, I think I'm going to make it. I think this is really going to work. Share with us that story that said to you, ah, I'm there. And tell us the steps you took to turn that moment into a success. 
Well, th- that was when I was working for the, the the last person I was working for, and and I had a customer approach me, and he knew I was frustrated with where I was at and all that stuff, and he had a a, a painted body, a beautiful painted group for body. I mean, it was gorgeous. And he goes, he goes, you go out on your own, and and I'll be your first frustration. So that was like, I'm like, ah, here yeah. we go. Yeah, aha, uh-huh. I think. And, and, <laughs> And out, out the door I went. I moved in, moved in on, on on January 1st. I mean, I went out and I started looking for buildings. I looked in the building and I w- looked in there and I was like, there was nothing inside of it. And I'm like, this is my building. And then, I mean, I just went one thing after another. You know, I didn't have no benches. I had I had a, a toolbox and four jacks stands when I started. Oh, wow. Credit card, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was it. Wow, yeah. that's great. You know. And crappy tools at that, too. Well, <laughs> it takes time to build great things, that's for sure. And that's uh, so... Yeah was so great of that customer of yours to trust in you to do the right thing and give you that opportunity. Right. What a tremendous thing. So hopefully you've got a picture of him yeah. hanging up in your shop. <laughs> I actually, I'm, I'm, I'm going back through. I went, just went back through that whole car. I'm, I'm almost done with it. Um, after 15 years, he drives it and all that stuff, but he's just freshening the whole thing up. It's a quite intense car, you know, with aluminum suspension, all aluminum motor. I mean, it's, it's a very intense car, but I mean, after 15 years, he did the right thing. He take it apart and freshen it up. Not that we repaint it or anything, but just relute things, clean things, and then Take it apart and put it back together and make it right. So it's like, it looks like brand new again. Wow. The car came back home again. That's pretty special. That's great. Let's have a little fun here. What was your first really special car? Could you tell us some special memories you had with that vehicle? Bring us back to Uh, that point. My first special car or my first car? First, well, let's talk about your first really special car. The first car that you got that was something you really dreamed about or you really wanted. Well, actually, it was a, it was a 1957 Ford Ranchero with a had a 312 with a three speed in it, and it had Craigers on it, and it was orange and had black stripes, had a hood scoop on it, and everything rechromed all the bumpers and all the stuff. I mean, that was that was my car, man. I love that car. Well, can you tell us until maybe van, until what? Until the vans came along. <laughs> no, you lost me there. The vans. Yeah, van. Then I bought a Dodge van. I said until vans came along, then I bought a van. Oh, the the minivan. <laughs> okay. No, 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 not <laughs> no? even a minivan. It was a Dodge van, full size Dodge van. I was still young. Okay. I, was, I just graduated from high school, so. Okay, I see where you're going. And I couldn't have two cars, so I had to sell one. I had the new van, so I had to get rid of the Ranchero, which I sold for four hundred bucks. <laughs> oh gosh! Oh gosh! Well, yeah. The, some of those. Well, first... I mean, that was in 1973. So. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Very cool. I mean, it justified a little bit, but yeah, yeah four hundred bucks. Well, maybe you've uh, answered the next question I have. Fellers remorse is—is is that the car you really want back? Um, there was I, I did I built I had built a nineteen thirty five Ford pickup. It was chop top. Um, I had a Ford in it, you know, Unreal. I had a Ford three hundred two in it with a five speed, uh, really nice car, four link rear end, you know, Mustang front end. It was yellow. I painted the whole thing, did everything in my garage. I mean everything nobody touched it but me and then uh the, the care and cleaning of the car i kind of lost my passion for it. the kids and moving on and school and all that stuff so i kind of sold it for the money I, I i would take that car back the only thing i didn't like about that car i'm a big boy and i didn't sit in it very well that, that was <laughs> that was one of my turns that's why it didn't bother me that much to sell it it was really hard for me to drive yeah yeah sure 
Is there a current project you're working on right now, Don, that really has you excited and fired up? Maybe it's a customer's car you have in the shop or something you're doing for yourself. Um, yeah, actually, I'm I'm uh, building a Group 4 Pantera right now, which was my Pantera, and I would, I wanted to sell it. I didn't want to do it. I was just doing it to sell it, but I wouldn't sell it unless I got to build it the way I wanted to do it. And it took me a few years to sell it, but I did sell it, and I am doing it just the way I want to do it. So, I mean, down to wheels. I mean, he can override a little bit on color, but not much. And then interior, the motor, you know, she's pretty much the, the whole car the way I would like to do it. And it's not like I, I'm building an outrageous show car. I, I like calling warriors. I like building the cars, you know, 100%. It, 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 drive it to the show and be a show car, but it's got to be a street car. I mean, it's got to be driven. I get called the trailer queen guy, but, you know, if, if I build you a hundred thousand or a plus car, do you want me to drive in it, you know, all the way to Monterey or you want me to tow it to Monterey? <laughs> and you haven't driven it yet. What are some of the details that you're putting into that build car to make it special? Um, it's just, you know, it's just all the better brakes. I'm doing well with brakes on it. It's, I'm doing a, it's a Cleveland, it's a stroker Cleveland with aluminum heads. And I'm going to do a Weber manifold with eight injectors on it. It's just pretty much polished. It's kind of, kind of sort of basic. It's just the color I picked and the, the flares on the car and stuff. And then I'm doing 19s and 18s, which, you know, most people haven't done to the Panther. So fitting all that on and getting the flares and everything to fit the wheels and make everything come out the way I want it to come out. And he has another car. This is his second car. So I've already built the one car. And he wants to build another one after this. He wants to do a push-button push car after this car. Ah, sounds like fun. Okay, now yeah. here's, here's a funny question, Don. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be? And why? Oh, I would probably be a 55 Chevy. And why is that? <laughs> I, I just, I like those cars. I like those cars with like a blown big block in it, tub in the rear, and just something about those cars. And I'm not a Chevy guy, but there's something about those cars, man. I just, I just like the way they look. I've always liked the way they look. So that, that's who I'd be. Is it the styling about the car that, the design, or is it's, it more about the power? The, it's a stance. It's you know you can fit more than two people in it. It's it's just a stance. The way just the way they look. I don't, I don't know what it is. It just does it for me. That and forty fords. <laughs> I mean, it's like that's that's it for me. <laughs> that's interesting. Coming from the world yeah. of Panteras to yeah. to that era car. Well, yet again, I'm I'm a big person. So when I'm riding, you know, each car I do, I drive a hundred miles. Mm-hmm. You know, after I finish the car and it's all done, before I give it to you, I'm, I'm going to put 100 miles on it personally. You know, and then I, I come back and I tune and do this and fix this and fix that rattle and all that stuff. So pretty much by 100 miles, I've got it pretty well dialed in at that point. Sure. So I drive each one of these cars. I've done 100. I drive them 100 miles. So it's hard for me to stay tuned on on this on a Pantera because I do it for a living. I, I like doing different things you know, on the weekend uh, I, I, to separate myself. Sure, yeah. That, 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 that's just the way I'm wired, that's all. <laughs> that's good, that's good. All right, we're up to what I call the last lap here, and this is where I fire off a series of questions, and you give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So are you ready, Don? Yeah. Okay, here we go. What is the best automotive advice you've ever received? Hmm, that's a good question. Always stay true to your heart and build the nicest thing you can build. Okay, sounds good. 
Could you share one of your personal habits that you believe contributes to your success? Oh, I have good words. I think I work a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Just work hard and work a lot. <laughs> work, I work hard and I work a lot. Yeah, yeah. Seven days a week. There you go. It takes a lot of work to run your own business. That's for oh, sure. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yes. Do you have a resource that you could share with our listeners that you really enjoy, perhaps a website that you go to or uh, something you receive in an email form from people? Um, you know, a, a lot of it, I'll, I'll just pick up on some of the little TV shows. I'll watch some of the, you know, I, I like watching the Chip Boo show. Um, I, I, I learn a lot from that. I, I just watch the way they do things in some of the other shows. And then I do Street Rod or Hot Rod and look through the Jake's catalog. I surf on my little iPad all the time. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times if you can think it, you can find it. You know, oh, and yeah. if you can't find it, then I'll, then I'll make it. But that gives me the idea. That's that's if you can't find it. You got to make it. <laughs> Especially in your in your field of business, do you have any interesting hobbies outside of your passion for cars? Yeah, I'm a, uh, I do off roading. I like boating. Is what I, that's my main passions. Oh, okay. And you say off roading, you mean uh-huh. like? Uh, I have a, a, a rhino. I do rock crawling is what I do. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, Very so cool. it's, just, it's just not it's not huge rock crawling. We just, you know, we go out to the desert. I just have a, a group of friends I hang with, and we go out and we do our little rhino thing and go up and down the trails and stop and talk and stuff like that. But yeah. I enjoy stuff like that because it's the only way I can really turn myself off. If I'm home, I'm going to go to work. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I'll remind all of our listeners that you can find all of the links that we've shared here at com slash Don Byers. And Don spells his last name B-Y-A-R-S. So, Don, we're up to the checkered flag here, and you know what that means. We're at the end of the race. This last question can be a real doozy for some people. If you could only have one collector car in your garage, and this is something that you can't sell to buy other cars with, and money's no object. I'm going to let you buy anything in the world. What would it be, and why did you choose that vehicle? Mine would be a 427 AC Cobra. Ooh. Original. Yeah. And, and, and the only reason being, here's another short story. When I was a little kid, the guy the guy that I bought the van from, he, lived, he just lived on the next block over where he had the 427 Cobra, which I could have bought for nine grand. Or I could have bought the van for twenty two hundred bucks, and I bought the van, you know, being a seventeen year old kid, you know, sure. and all that stuff. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, nine, but that would have been a good move. But he he ran racing fuel and stuff on that thing, and he drove it around a lot. And we would stand on the curb, and that thing would come by, and it would just my brother and I both just it would just be a drool puddle underneath it. <laughs> and and my brother had he he did. To a Cobra, so he has a Cobra. It's a kick part, but I mean, he does have one. I, I didn't go that far. That's that's where the passion came in. And I, that, that car, that's always had a spot in my heart, that car, that one car right there. If you could describe to us maybe one or two things about that vehicle that really push your buttons, what would they be? It was the big tires, the nasty motor, and the racing fuel. <laughs> yeah, okay, the po- we're back to the power again. I see a trend going on here. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, remember the the rule. The, the rule was back then if you you could tape a hundred dollar bill to the windshield, and if, as a passenger, if you could pull it off the windshield under acceleration, you could have it. You know, so, <laughs> you know that, that's huge acceleration. I've been in a lot of really really fast cars. I've been in a couple cars that you you almost can't lean forward. I mean, yeah, those things are amazing. They're, you know, in some sense, and maybe you'll disagree with me here, but. 
to me, the cobras are a lot like the panteras in the sense of this real sexy, beautiful lines around the car and this right. big power plant. Exactly. Both the cars share that sense about them. The The cobra, of course, is different in many ways, but still is that AC body with this uh, big Ford power plant and the same thing with the cars that you work on. So it sounds like uh, this power trend has been something that's been with you your whole life. Well, Don, you've taken us on a great ride today, and I've really enjoyed your stories. Thank you for sharing your journey with me and the listeners. If you could give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that Cobra or that Pantera, and then let our listeners know what's the best way they can learn more about you and your business, and then we'll say goodbye. Have patience, don't cut corners, and Rome wasn't built in a day. <laughs> it takes time to build a car. That's that's the biggest thing. Don't get impatient to get your car back. You'll have it back sooner now. That's great advice. And, you know, I think I learned that advice when I was really young, when I was building model cars. Exactly. If you didn't let the glue dry on some of those parts before you went to apply the paint, you ended up with a big mess. I'm going to use that on my next customer. Okay. <laughs> yeah, let the glue dry like you had to do on your model car. Yep. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. I hope it works for you. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and your business? Yeah, you can reach me at our website at fullthrottlepanteras.com. That's plural, Panteras. Or I'm on Facebook. Friend me on Facebook. All right. Follow what I do on Facebook. That's great. Well, listeners, you can find links to everything we've talked about here today at carsyad.com slash Don Byers. Just go to carsyad.com and enter Don into the search bar and his show notes page will pop right up with links to everything, including his website. And I would encourage you to go there and take a look at some of the cars he's worked on. They're really fantastic. Don, I want to thank you for being so generous with your time and your expertise today and for sharing your experiences with our listeners. Until we talk again, we'll see you down the road. Thank you very much. You're welcome. It's nice talking to you. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.